0: This episode is sponsored by Plated.com. Prepare chef-quality meals in 30 minutes or less with Plated. Head over to Plated.com slash MILF and get free shipping with your first order. That's Plated.com slash MYLF. Welcome to MILF Talk. Make your life fabulous. I'm Sophie Venable, psychologist, life coach, mother of two, and author of MILF 101. Whether you're married with children, single, divorced, or all of the above, I'm talking to you about life, relationships, sex, and some tough parenting issues. Today, we're talking about the transgender conversation. It seems almost impossible that any child remotely connected to the interweb or a television would not see something about Caitlyn Jenner these days. And some parents don't exactly know how to talk to their kids about this, or even really understand it for themselves. So my guest, calling in from Washington, D.C., is the perfect person to help us in this area. I'm so honored she's joining the show today. Please welcome the Director of the Children, Youth, and Families Program for the Human Rights Campaign Foundation, Ellen Kahn. Yay! Applause.
1: Thank you so much for that applause.
0: So, So nice to meet you, Ellen. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got involved with the HRC and what they do.
1: Sure. I will start by saying that I am a parent. I am the mom of uh, two daughters who are 15 and 12. Huh. And um, I so I'm especially uh, excited to be talking with you today and talking to other parents or prospective parents. Um, I started, I'm a social worker professionally, and the earliest days of my career were spent on the front lines of HIV-AIDS uh, in the very early days of the crisis when we we only really knew of um, gay men right. getting HIV-AIDS. And because I was already out as a lesbian and sort of in a community of uh, people in Philadelphia at the time um, who were also gay and lesbian, I started to have friends who got sick, and that kind of propelled me into... Um, social action um, advocacy ultimately led me to social work, and then after about fifteen years doing HIV/AIDS work, um, I started doing work on um, really addressing LGBT youth and youth and families more broadly, and that's what led me to the Human Rights Campaign when they decided to uh, launch a new program. This is ten years ago, focused on ways to improve the everyday of LGBT youth and LGBT uh, parents and their families. So wow. that's a very brief uh, explanation of how I got to where I am.
0: I think that's exciting that that pro- program exists. So that's wonderful to know. And and uh, and when we're done, I'm going to have you. Uh, let people know how they can find out more about that program. Sure, Um, absolutely. So, you know, I want to say, can you give us in simplest terms how to talk to our children about transgender? But maybe we need to start with the simplest terms for the parents to understand uh, the transgender issue.
1: Sure. Um, Often when I I do a lot of training of professionals, teachers, social workers, healthcare providers, adults, in various professions, and many of them are parents. I also do a lot of education with parents. So I'll, I tend to break things down this way for this conversation, just to explain what what is gender identity mm-hmm. and just make that distinct from what is sexual orientation because they are two different parts of what makes us up as humans. Yes. And then I can better explain the transgender experience. So very, I think to put sexual orientation very simply is, you know, who you're attracted to, you know, sort of who stirs your, you know, kind of gives you those stirring feelings. Um, you, you know, sometimes you're only attracted to people of the opposite sex, sometimes you're um, only attracted to people of the same sex, and sometimes you're attracted to, you find yourself attracted to both people, the same and opposite uh, mm-hmm. sex, and, and sometimes that changes over a lifetime. But sexual orientation is, you know, simply, you know, kept in terms of, you know, your kind of romantic, kind of sexual uh, types of attractions. Doesn't always mean you act on them, but it is—it's how you feel. Right. So that's one one part of what makes us up as as human beings. Gender identity is your really your innermost sense. Really, be- between your ears, in your mind, in your brain, whether you feel male or female, or maybe a little bit uh, in between in some way, and mm-hmm. most people, the vast majority of people, have a gender identity that matches the pack, the package of genitals they're born with. In other words, most people, if you're born and the doctor says you're a girl, you probably will grow up and feel. Like a, like a girl, and identify as a girl. You might be, you know, a super uber-feminine girl, you might be a little tomboyish, but mm-hmm. you will feel and identify as a girl. Most, you know, most uh, boys who are born boys, and the doctor says, oh, it's a boy, most of them will grow up to be, you know, men who identify as, as male, and, you know, are it's never a question for them. Right. But there are a certain percentage of people who um, are assigned sex you know it's a boy it's a girl when they're born but as they grow up they do not feel that what's in between their legs matches what's in between their ears and yeah because you know when you talk to kids you know when when we talk to kids we really think about like what's the age and developmental stage of your child because uh-huh. how you these are simple terms that you know i think eight ten twelve year olds can really grasp there's some different ways I might talk to younger kids. But for some people as they grow up, especially as they reach puberty or just before they reach puberty, there's a there's a very heightened sense that 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 there is a real discord between how they identify their psychological sense of who they are, which is the gender identity, and the body that that, that's carrying them. And it, it causes tremendous, tremendous distress. When when someone is in fact transgender meaning they are you know to use an older term like living in the you know in the living wrong body, in the wrong body uh-huh. you literally just not feeling like you're in the right skin it is it's, it's there's a lot of distress and if any of you watched the um, interview with Caitlyn Jenner mm-hmm. she reflected back to to that distress and that she carried for years and years and years and that Part of it was generational, part of it was, I think, being a celebrity, part of it was just that no one really knew that there was any other way than to just carry that pain and that distress. Now we have examples, which we'll talk about today, of children who are three, four, five, six, seven years old expressing, articulating in some way that sense of discord between the body they're born in and how they feel between their ears and you know, we have more and more understanding of how to be supportive, how to, you know, really understand when we might in fact have a child who is transgender and then how we might support them in that process. And it's very complicated. So um, I'm probably answered Several questions with that first one, so I'm no, going to stop and a- let you pick pick back up where you want
0: to be. Yeah, that no, that's okay. I think because I think that that is a that's a huge part of the conversation. Um, it was actually one of my favorite moments in the interview when Diane Sawyer said to him at the time. He said it was okay to refer to him as him in that in that uh, conversation um, until he was ready to reveal. She said, "So are you a lesbian?" <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And and I loved his response because he went, "Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Just like. I don't know like I like, can't do it. let me get to where I'm you know where I'm going yeah. here and I'll worry about that. And I think that that is, is such a uh, a huge part of it for people is untangling those two pieces. Now my 15-year-old yeah. can explain it to you in very plain and simple terms because she just doesn't have the same hang-ups that that so that yeah. so many uh, you know people have. So let me ask you this and, and please forgive me if I if I say anything offensive uh, because I don't but I think I'm trying to think in terms of the questions that people have when they're out in the world, okay? so let's huh. say let's say you meet a woman who is a lesbian, and she dresses very manly, okay? Like she's got you know her tattoos and her short hair, and she's totally comfortable in her skin. like that's just like who she is, right? right. Um, yep. but but if you ask her, well, do you want to be a man? she may say yes but she may likely say no I just like being a woman but being this is this is how I want to dress and this is how I this is how I carry myself I have more masculine energy or whatever it is like I think that that's where people go well if if I'm a tomboy do I want to be a boy or if my son is dressing in dresses does that mean he's a cross dresser or does that mean he's just you know, wants to be a girl like yeah. I think that, that yeah. the, the the hard thing is that we can't put it into two boxes. Sure, you know, there's like twenty, yeah, I mean, thirty, I think forty boxes. The in the we're
1: end. learning. I tell you honestly, I'm learning so much from younger people and the generation of uh, like my older daughter, your 15 year old, and young people in their you know teens and twenties. Um, really think differently about gender. Um, they're, you know, they're they're not policing each other quite as much mm-hmm. around boys having to be this way and girls having to be this way. You know, honestly, there's always been more tolerance of girls who are tomboyish. Like, oh, yes. oh it, you know, she'll grow out of it. It's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then, then we've had tolerance for for boys who are um, more feminine who might want to wear you know, pink Converse sneakers or take ballet or play with the dolls. There's such fear about, like, what what does that mean about my, my child or this, this boy that, you know, doesn't mean he's going to be gay or am I not doing something right as a parent? And I think we tend to over-police our kids by, you know, buying them toys consistent with their assigned sex, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, you know, shutting down some of their behaviors and expressions if we don't think they're consistent with their gender, And I think parents do this without even realizing they're doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, If you look at how classrooms, you know, classrooms, elementary school classrooms, they have, you know, sort of the boys dressed up area and the girls and they say boys line up here and girls line up here. And, you know, (sighs) things are Target and stores like that. Everything's so um, gender kind of rigid. You know, it's rigid. And I think... The younger generation of kids now are really pushing back around that. And and there's a sense that there are lots of different ways you can be a boy. And this is a good thing to say to your kids. There are lots of different ways to be a boy and lots of different ways to be a girl. Some Mm -hmm. girls like nail polish Mm -hmm. and dress up. And some girls like, you know, to go out and play in the mud. And some girls like both. And you just be a girl however you want to be a girl. And that's probably the most affirming message we can give to our kids. I think a lot of parents get a little stuck, maybe more, around giving boys that room. I think sometimes we're worried that our our sons will get picked on or teased, left out um, if they're not, you know, a certain kind of boy. The truth is that, you know, we're probably going to hurt them more if we don't give them room to, to be who they are. But I think, you know, like I'm, you know, I'm lesbian identified. I'm, I guess, boyish, you might say. I have, I've never felt like I was, you know, not, I mean, I've always felt comfortable in my body. I like being a woman who is more, you know, traditionally masculine in her presentation. It mm-hmm. it, it just, it it suits me. And I'm happy to say that, you know, there's quite a dating pool out there for me. There are a lot of women who nice. like, you know, <laughs> who are attracted to women like me. Like they, they like women with, you know, sort of a, a little, you know, like the Ellen DeGeneres, you know, I am convinced that, you know, Ninety percent of the women who go to her shows, who are heterosexual or who have always been heterosexual, would probably be happy to make out with Ellen. Yeah, DeGeneres they kind of her. They had a second. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's it just it, it's an example. You know, it's an example of how you can really think outside of boxes. And, and I should mention gender expression, which is another component oh. of who we are, is literally like how we present ourselves. So if I'm I'm, I'm female and identify as female. And I tend to wear, you know, more tailored clothes and I have short, sort of spiky hair and, you know, I'm a a jock and I don't wear makeup. And then there are, you know, there are women whose gender expression is more traditionally feminine, like, you know, styled hair and makeup and jewelry and and dresses. And there's a whole range of ways we can express our gender within, you know, the sex that we are. So, if that that. makes sense, I... I mean, it's just. I think, you know, there are a lot of young people who are identifying as gender ambiguous or gender queer or gender fluid. Our kids, I guarantee you, they're going to have a whole different vocabulary than we have right now. Yeah. I love to
0: cook, but finding time is so difficult, especially with the shopping. That's why I'm so excited about Plated. Plated is for people who love cooking fresh, exciting new dishes, but don't have time to find all the perfect ingredients. Here's how it works. Go to Plated.com slash MYLF and choose from amazing chef-designed recipes and new selections every week. Next, the culinary pros at Plated lovingly fill a refrigerated box with just the perfect pre-portioned ingredients for your dinner. Nothing is wasted. It's so cool. My daughters fell in love with the process because the instructions are so clear. My 15-year-old prepared an entire meal herself. And then the next night, my 11-year-old made the steak Caesar lettuce cups and they were delicious. And it was so much fun. They're like, mom, we want to do this every week. It's just the best because we're getting to actually enjoy cooking together. And we know that it's going to be successful. That's the cool thing is you're completely set up for success in this process. You're not going to like cook something and have it turn out wrong. So you you cannot make a mistake. It is so easy. It's so cool. So if you're not home for your delivery, don't worry. Your plated box keeps everything fresh until midnight on the day that it arrives, even on warm days. You can prepare chef-quality meals in 30 minutes or less with Plated. Hurry over to Plated.com slash milk now and get free shipping with your first order. Once again, that's Plated.com slash M-Y-L-F. Well, when I was um, eight years old, I actually met my first transgender male. He was a friend of my mom's and he would come over and my mom was a nurse. And so she would help him with his shots, you know, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I was kind of like wondering what this person was doing here and what my mom was helping him with. And she said, well, um, he was actually born a girl and never felt comfortable in his body, felt like he was supposed to be a male. So now he's taking hormones and uh, becoming a male. He's male and lives his life that way. And I was like, Oh, okay. I mean, it was really as simple as that. And I didn't, there was nothing about that, that I didn't understand. Now, of course, being the, you know, therapist at eight years old, I'm thinking, (laughs) I'm thinking, but wait a minute, that means he has a vagina and how is he going to find love? Like, like, I mean, you know, that was my simplest, that was like my, my simplest form of concern was, but oh my goodness, how, how how is he gonna fall in love with a woman?
1: Who you know, <laughs> I was deeply yes. concerned. Oh, you know, we, boy, the genitals are people get so focused they on genitals. They get so hung I'll up on it, right? It's like you know, wondering if a man who might have a you know what smaller than average penis would ever be able to please a woman, or you know, it's right. like oh, we got, we really overthink genitals quite a bit. Um, I will say that, well, A, it's great that you were exposed to someone transgender and it made sense, but you make such a great point, which is that it's, kids get things pretty easily, especially if you can explain them pretty simply and concretely. Mm-hmm. It's really the adults. It's adults. It's uh, It's, you know, those of us who are... You know, we get tongue tied, and we don't know what to say, and we we're not sure. Like sometimes we don't understand things, and I I find it to be very refreshing if my kid or other kids ask me questions that I can't answer to just say, you know, that's a really good question, and I'm not sure. Let's find mm. out together. I mean, it's the same way you might ask a, answer a question that's, you know, about science or why the sky is blue. I mean, I have to Google half the things I get to ask me. So, <laughs> you. Know, you. I feel much giving, better yeah, about myself. Know, like rather than giving an answer that <laughs> shuts them down or yeah. that um, maybe sends a negative message, just to say, huh, that's a really good question or I'm curious or that's interesting. Why, you know, what made you think of that? Because um, this stuff is hard. Transgender issues or gender identity in general is kind of hard. The one, In terms of, um, you know, just to speak a little bit more to what you mentioned about this transgender man, there, one of the things that's really amazing about our ability now to support younger kids who are expressing what we think is like this gender dysphoria, this is like the clinical term for people who um, really have that level of distress I was talking about mm-hmm. and, and really are, like I have a friend right now who has a son, um, well, a sign male at birth, he's five or six years old, and he's been insisting for the last year that he's a girl. Now, this is a, fairly, this is a fairly classic way to categorize kids who have gender dysphoria and might, in fact, need to transition at some point. It's what we say is persistent, insistent, and consistent, Mm. Expressions that they are a different gender than they were assigned. Persistent, consistent, you know, not, not consistent. You know, enjoy playing with dolls, okay. you know, or the girl who's climbing trees, but if, if it's the boy who says, I'm a girl, when is my penis going to go away? I'm a girl, I'm a girl, and is mm. insistent, consistent, persistent, or the girl who says, you know, if I, um, you know, I'm uh, the girl assigned, you know, uh, who says, I, you know, I'm a boy, I know I'm a boy, I feel like a boy who pulls dresses off, who can't stand to be in girls' clothes, and who at the first sight of breast buds starts to hide in her room. Like you're talking about I mean, that's what we're talking about clinical a clinical assessment that Mm -hmm. this is gender dysphoria. Again, relatively small percentage of kids, but if you have a child like this or know a child in your neighborhood or in your family who has this kind of presentation? There are lots of resources online and lots of ways to get support and advice, and to try to keep these kids feeling healthy and safe until enough time passes to really assess what their what their needs are.
0: Okay, so I'm going to ask you a, a touchy question here. I would imagine that you have families come to you, uh, or to you know uh, to people that you help reach out that are dealing with a religious conflict Mm -hmm. and trying to frame this in some sort of compassionate way within the scope of their religion right because again and i do my guess is that some of that has to do with tying it to um, sexual preferences as opposed to really understanding the difference between that and and um Gender identity. So, uh, how do you can you give people some kind of vocabulary around this that might help them speak of it in a non-aggressive manner or non-doomed manner?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean that's a really tough one. I think that um, when something is new or scary, I mean Mm -hmm. it's you know that's one thing that is challenging for parents whether their belief system is rooted in a religion or just in what they've you know, what they have learned from their world. If a child in their family is expressing, you know, is uh, maybe not gender-conforming or is exhibiting behaviors that are worrying them because they think boys should be a certain way or girls should be a certain way, or, and some people just may feel that it's, there is no such thing as trans, being transgender, that it's made up. Um, of course. That, and again, that's sometimes right, yeah. that can be framed in religious terms. I think mm-hmm. that, you know, one, I think, for me the important thing is to talk about compassion that you know we might not understand exactly what our child is feeling or experiencing and we may not even approve but mm. to be compassionate is to ensure that our child will will know they're loved know they're safe and not really not hurt themselves i mean and i and i don't want to be an alarmist here but there and i'm sure your listeners know and have seen on social media There are so many young people taking their own lives, Mm -hmm. not just LGBT young people, but a whole range of young people who feel very marginalized and isolated and um, rejected for many different reasons. There is a higher percentage, it seems, though, of young people who are, because they are transgender or, in some cases, gay or lesbian or bisexual, and felt rejected by their families, they're in so much distress and pain around that that they take their own lives. They've Mm -hmm. been the message they are getting is that their lives do not matter. So no matter how freaked out you are as a parent, no matter how scared, shitless, can I say that? You are absolutely (laughs) that your kid might be lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, literally everything you say to your child, every word you choose Mm. is could be a life or death difference. So to say I don't understand this, but I love you, Mm -hmm. or, you know, God doesn't make mistakes and we're going to get through this together, or, you know, like maintaining compassion Mm -hmm. um, even when your gut is wrenched. And I think that, again, keeping in mind that our kids are incredibly vulnerable if they get negative messages from their parents, from a minister, a rabbi, Um, a cleric, anybody who they see as an authority figure um, that says they are not okay, Mm -hmm. that is incredibly harmful, incredibly harmful. Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful
0: takeaway from all of this is that no matter what your child is going through, you don't have to understand it to be compassionate. You can just love them and let them know that their heart is important to you. That 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 they matter. Like you said, with any issue, whether it's LGBT or anything.
1: Sure. I mean you might be you don't like the friend your kids hanging out with or they flunk an exam and you thought they should have passed. I mean, you know, we you know, we have a huge responsibility as parents, right? Yeah. I mean my kids irritate me a lot. They <laughs> leave their dishes in you know, in the sink and they have crumbs in their bed. I mean and sometimes I raise my voice and I say, that's already right. But I, I really try I just try to see their souls and try to think about their tender hearts and yeah. how do I, you know, teach them, how do I move them along? And I and I do think that things around sexual orientation or gender identity are huge triggers. Most parents when their kids are born, they think, you know, they kind of they have a girl, they think, Oh, she's gonna grow up, she's gonna get married and have kids and you we have these images, these dreams for our kids, and anytime something happens, or you know, we see something in them that might derail that dream. You know, it's really hard for us, and so yeah. I, I do think the words. You know, your suggestion of right, just really ma- maintaining compassion. You do not have to understand things. There's so much help online. There's so many yeah. great resources, and I'll tell you the other thing: there are so many parents. There are this. There, this one story is my favorite. There's a group of Mormon mothers. These are mothers who are raised in traditional LDS families in places like Utah and Arizona and California, strict Mormon families who who have kids who came out as LGBT, mm-hmm. and instead of rejecting their kids, they are embracing their kids and they are challenging the church. Mm. Say we are not cho- we, are, we are not choosing between our child or our church. We both are important, and we are standing by our kids. They're called uh, Mom- Mama Dragons, huh. and they've got, you know, presence on Facebook. And these are, I mean, this is the wave of the future. Our parents, evangelical parents, Mormon parents, uh, yeah. Catholics, Latinos, African-American, white, rich, poor, all kinds of parents who who have learned and and evolved and moved along to the point of understanding that, Accepting their child is what they have to do as a parent. You know, unconditional love. You don't pick and choose what you like about your kid. And they, I think, they are changing the world. They are well, definitely that, going to be changing the world for our kids.
0: That is fantastic news. I mean, that is the that is, that is one of the great things about being alive in this age is watching watching that kind of growth with humans. Just yes. accepting. Yeah. Uh, All varieties. I think they're coming in in all varieties, just to challenge everybody. (laughs) All these souls. (laughs) So tell us how. uh, Tell us how the HRC can help people out there, or or, uh, what that resource is for them. And uh, sure, find you.
1: Well, there's a lot of stuff on our website. We, you know, we address multiple uh, topics and advocacy issues, um, from marriage equality to. supporting LGBT youth to improving the workplace so there's a lot of stuff on our website which is hrc.org okay. but if you want to look at the resources around supporting transgender children for example it's hrc.org uh, slash trans-youth and then we also have a great website called uh, WelcomingSchools.org, which is all kinds of resources for parents and teachers in a K through five Mm. environment, which teaches about um, inclusion uh, of all kinds of students, all kinds of families. It teaches about how to create schools and communities where children can express their gender in ways that aren't really policed or or rigid, sort of what we were talking about earlier, Mm -hmm. ways to talk to our children about things like, why does a child wear this kind of clothing, or what, you know, like answering tough questions kids have. So those are a few websites and web pages I recommend, and you know you can look around our website and you'll find many things and links to other things, and um, but definitely the the stuff around. Um, Um, transgender youth, I think, uh, given the conversation today and the welcoming school site would be very helpful.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you for those resources. Um, You can find me on Facebook at Sophie Venable and tweet me at Sophie underscore Venable. If you're on iTunes or SoundCloud right now, please click subscribe. That would help me keep this show on the air and free. Uh, My book, MILF 101, Make Your Life Fabulous, is available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Thank you so much for joining me today, (laughs) Ellen. and thank you Maria Spertolosi and the crew here at Sideshow and thank you all for listening Uh, this is Sophie Venable reminding you that you don't have to make your life perfect just make it fabulous